and welcome to Irreverent Testimony, brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast by and for millennial and gen X types from a left-wing perspective. It is Saturday, June 1st, 2019. We finally made it to June. And uh, I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. So wasn't it less than a week ago we actually had snow, like a lot of snow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a week ago. Uh, happy Pride. It's June 1st. Yeah. Start of Pride Month, um, which is super exciting. Um, I hope everybody gets to celebrate. Um, as a reminder, Pride was started by, uh, or inspired by, I guess, a black transgender woman who was tired of police harassment. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big call this year for cops don't belong at Pride, and I tend to agree. Um, so just remember that. Try not to get sucked into the rainbow capitalism model. Um, support, support local queer artists. Support each other. Take care of your trans friends. Mm-hmm. Let's be a community. Um, and be fucking loud, because that's the point. Yeah, Um you know the the gross right uh, always gloms onto something and puts it at the top of their hit list. Right now, it's abortion because they, you know, they they, they have the they they can see the finish line as far as they're concerned to criminalizing all abortion. But you know, they could turn their attention at any moment to LGBTQ. Not not that they you know ever forget about how much they hate us. You, but. Correct. Um, particularly, they are targeting trans people, uh, yeah. the administration. There was just a um, an order that uh, doctors and other professionals can refuse uh, to treat trans people, that um, homeless shelters can refuse to um, be of service to trans people. Um, yeah, under the bullshit guise that predators get, go to these... Mm-hmm. Uh, homeless shelters pretending to be trans so they can attack people, which is right. nonsense. Yes. Like, that might have happened once, one time in the past 20 years, so... I don't think it's ever happened, It probably It may have never happened, yeah. I mean, the world is big and everything's probably happened, but right. to my knowledge, I don't know. And if it did, God wouldn't be hearing about it every single minute of every single day forever. You would think, right? So, um, yeah. Happy Pride. Oh, you might be wondering where we were last week. Uh, yes. We were in California. Yes. In the desert, looking yes. at stars and yes. running around in the desert. Yes. It was wonderful. It was, yes. But we're back now. We are. And since we were gone last week, we have kind of a lot uh, that we missed. Um, D- did we miss anything? Eh, really? Uh, yeah. All the abortion <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rachel has a lot to bitch about. I have a lot to bitch about. It's going to be a real bitch fest. Yeah. Uh, we're I, grumpy. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, not unlike most episodes, yeah. but this one is going to be extra kvetchy. So, yeah, strap in for that. <laughs> I also have a chest cold, so I'm gonna try not to cough into the microphone, but just you know. Yeah. Well, before we get to that, you might have heard us on Kegro. We recorded a few weeks ago a uh, uh, the segment a that y'all heard. Right? The segment that you heard, if you do listen to Kegro, about. Uh, what happens when you control all three elements of a state house, being that the state Senate, state house, and the governorship? And all executive um, elected offices, including attorney general, uh, secretary of state, um, all of it. And we highlighted just how much we've gotten done here in Colorado that's really good in just four months. Right. And um, yeah, now we got a mayoral election. Oh, we won't get too much into that. Uh, I think no. Kager's going to play that part, and I think we talked about that some. 
I don't remember but stuff. I don't remember, but in any event, what do you want to start with? Um, I want to start with living in the Handmaid's Tale. Mm. Yeah. So everybody knows at this point, right? I don't need to get into like the details on all of these states that are passing these ridiculous abortion bans, right? Most of them are under the guise of the fetal heartbeat, um, mm-hmm. which is, of course, a non-science, non-medical thing, right? They say, these conservative right-wingers say that at six weeks, uh, you can detect a fetal heartbeat, and at that point, it's officially life, and you can't terminate it. Um, ask any medical doctor, and they will tell you that is absolutely not true. There is no heart that has developed at six weeks. Yeah, um, It is a, a, a sort of like, I don't know energy thing that it can detect um but it certainly hasn't doesn't have like a fully developed heart that is beating and providing you know that's not what it is at all it's a collection a clump of cells that sort of get like you know right know, if that was true like a then, blast then, of neurological then that, energy and then that six-week clump of cells would be able to survive outside of the womb right so right. i don't think anybody's trying that right um, I mean, they would argue like, well, there's no brain yet, so maybe not. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's all nonsense. It has nothing to do with the fetus. It has no brain, but it's a person. Right. And it has no heart either. It doesn't. That's not true. Um, it's just the way that doctors often talk to women about um, their fetuses when they get their first ultrasound because it's hard to explain exactly what's going on. And so they say things like, oh, here's the heartbeat. Right. And it's yeah. not the heartbeat, but then, you know, it's, do you want to have like a, do you want to go to medical school or do you just want your doctor yeah, to sort of explain he, what's going on? Here's the electrochemical pulse right. of the developing of circulatory cells. system. Right. You know, you know just, right. It's much easier. They'll say what? Well, it's, it's the heartbeat. It's the heartbeat. Just, it's just a thing doctors have been saying just to make it easy. Right. Um, and now that's of course been twisted around by the, um, garbage people that are doing this. Um, I think the thing that we need to remember that I don't know that people are talking about enough is, number one, um, Louisiana uh, recently, I think it was just two days ago on May 30th, signed its fetal heartbeat bill into law. By the Democratic governor, by the way. And the governor was a fucking Democrat. So I'd like to talk about that for a minute. Okay, so... I'm not suggesting that we have purity tests for Democrats. I'm not suggesting that if a Democrat doesn't believe every single thing that you believe down to every fucking policy that you should just not vote or vote for a Republican or vote for a third party. I'm not suggesting that. Mm -hmm. However, there are a few key civil rights things that I think if you do not hold those beliefs, I will not vote for you. And this is one of them and this is why. When we say there shouldn't be a litmus test, no, there fucking should be a litmus test for this. This is one of those things that dramatically impacts the lives of over half the population of this country. Mm-hmm. This takes away fundamental human rights from over half the people in this country. And if you can't get on board with allowing me to have bodily autonomy, then you're not a Democrat. And when we elect people like this fucking garbage person in Illinois, I'm sorry, Louisiana, and he's a Democrat, and he signs this garbage into law, what was the point of having a Democrat? What, what's the point? Really? What's, why? John Bell Edwards is the guy, and he's been okay on some other stuff. But uh, this is unacceptable. And, you know, I don't know enough about Louisiana politics on the ground to say whether 
a primary challenge has a a good chance of success, but it needs to happen at least. Yeah. And then you're going to come back at me and say, well, but then they're going to just elect a Republican. And it's like, well, but so I mean, he's not doing anybody any good right now because he has a D after his name if he's going to do shit like this. Um, so that really pisses me off. And then the other one that I want to talk about is Alabama. Mm-hmm. Alabama signed their law into effect on May 15th. It is the most stringent abortion ban in the country. It will make the performing an abortion at any stage of pregnancy, literally any stage of pregnancy, a felony punishable by 10 to 99 years or life in prison. It does contain an exception for the pregnancy poses a serious risk to the woman, but it does not make exceptions for rape or incest. Yeah. That law is fucking crazy. And I'd like to point out it was written by a white woman and it was signed into law by a white woman. Mm -hmm. So while, yes, I agree that the overwhelming majority of the problem is these fucking white men coming in and trying to legislate our bodies. We cannot forget that white women, as long as they continue to uphold the values of the patriarchy in order to stay close to the white men in their lives, in order to to profit from the privilege of their whiteness, are every bit as problematic as the white men doing it, if not more so. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we really need to reckon with. You cannot uphold the patriarchy because it, whiteness benefits you. you. You can't do it. And so I think we need to be taking a hard look at that. Just electing women doesn't mean shit, right? If those women are going to uphold the patriarchy. Yeah, obviously. And, 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 there, and there's some extreme examples, obviously. We know who Michelle Bachman is. We know who Sarah Palin is, right? You know, but, you know... It, <laughs> Yeah, it can't be a blanket thing of like, well, if if it's women in charge, it's fine. In a place like Alabama, you know, women may come to a place of power not because necessarily of her progressive views, right? Or her need or want to look out for the interests of other women. Or her own bodily autonomy, I right. guess, right? Well, she's too old to have abortions, I guess, so I, who cares? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. I, I, I don't she's know. She's like 67. So okay, yes. probably, yeah. But you're right. You're right. That, that's an interesting, uh, you know, bit to add to that. And now Georgia is on the cusp of perhaps uh, signing in a similar law. And the, uh, the Missouri did it was it, theirs is 18 weeks. Um, well, I'll talk about Georgia, Missouri in a second. But Georgia has been a growing uh, place for a, a burgeoning uh, entertainment industry uh, hub for music and uh, mm-hmm. movie production yes. and TV shows. And, uh, you know, a lot of those people are saying we're not going to do business there anymore. And that's very foolish. Um, when you talk to the people who work on the ground in Georgia, they're sort of, they, they really take a lot of offense to that. Um, mm-hmm. The people who are going to be hurt by having major corporations not do business in their state are not the lawmakers that are signing these bills into law, right? Not having production studios in the state of Georgia is not helping anybody who lives in the state of Georgia. Um, I don't know that it is even necessarily related enough to the issue that it's a protest that works. Um, if the people on the ground in Georgia want to go on strike, like that's one thing, but just sort of icing them out of this, um, is going to really impact workers you know, it is more tr- than anything else. It is tricky, but can I play a little devil's advocate here? 
if we remember a couple years ago in North Carolina had all those awful uh, transphobic laws. Yes. And it was a lot of corporations and uh, companies of various, uh, you know, different fields that actually did put pressure to reverse a lot of those. That the state losing business actually did lead to reversals of a lot of those laws. So I think it's a mixed bag. It can work. But it can also hurt the very people that are already being hurt by these regressive laws. Yes. So I think it's tricky. And, and, and I'm a little ambivalent about it myself. Right. I think the best thing that we've heard, though, is that two things to remember. One, abortion is still legal in all of these states. Access to care still exists. Mm-hmm. You can still go get an abortion in any of these states that we're talking about. None of these laws have come into effect yet. All of them are going to get challenged in courts. Most of them that have been challenged in courts have already been temporarily blocked. So I want to make sure people understand that their access to care is not gone. If you need an abortion, you can still get an abortion in whatever state that you're in. That may be really difficult because of um, travel and how many abortion clinics are open and that kind of thing. And that is why this next point is so important, which is the very best thing that you can do to fight against these things to help these people is to donate directly to the local organizations on the ground who are providing funds for people for things like travel and people who can't afford abortions. And there's lots of them and they're everywhere. In Georgia, I think it's called Yellowhammer Fund. Um, But you can just Google like local abortion access organizations and donating directly to them is the very, very best thing that you can do because they have tools and infrastructure in place already to be able to provide people who have struggling access problems, right? So like that you don't have a car or, you know, you can't afford it or whatever. They have an infrastructure to reach those people to get them the funds that they need. If you would like to preserve women's right to choose, help women get abortions, donate to these people. Mm -hmm. Don't donate to Planned Parenthood necessarily. I mean, do if you want to, but really if you want to expand abortion access, these are the organizations that you should support. Um, And they're local, on the ground, uh, mostly um, started by and run by women of color, of course, because they do fucking everything. Um, And they really do make a huge difference in a way that, like, donating to Planned Parenthood makes you feel good. This is really, like, pay for that lady's abortion, you know? That's what you're doing. You're Mm -hmm. paying for someone to pick her up, take her to an abortion clinic, walk her in, give her the care that she needs, and send her home. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would recommend. Yeah. Now, Missouri, uh, I think it was just yesterday, a judge uh, did an emergency injunction. So the last Planned Parenthood there that performs abortions would not be closed. What they did was one of these, basically an outcrop of one of these trap laws where they didn't outright say you can't you can't do abortions anymore. They, they, they went to the last abortion clinic in the state and said, we're not going to renew your license because there's too many uh, safety violations. Yeah, that's it. And and it, it's not safe for the women who are seeking abortions here. That's right. like their little cynical trick, right? Right. Um, and a lot of it was stuff like the hand sanitizer was out of date or, you right. know, they weren't able to interview this one doctor who travels a lot and you know and they said well now we can't renew your license because of these violations and a judge issued an injunction I don't have the details of how long that injunction is or or what's pending I know they're going to have they're going to have another hearing I think next week 
Yeah, it says a judge in St. Louis on Friday temporarily blocked Missouri from taking action that would have made it the first state in the U.S. since Roe v. Wade to not have a single abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood, which now operates the last remaining clinic and is challenging the law, won a temporary restraining order, meaning that they'll still be allowed to be open. So even in Missouri, you can still have an abortion. There's just only one clinic. Yeah. The other thing related to this is that um, this week was the 10-year anniversary of George Tiller's assassination. Mm-hmm. Um and there's an excellent documentary on Netflix called After Tiller, um, which doesn't go into a ton of detail about, it's not about his murder, but it's about the people he left behind, the nurses and other abortion care providers that still do the work, and um, the sort of political landscape after his murder and and how, what really heroes they are um, in what is an incredibly arduous, traumatic profession. Um, and, and they... They just really are heroes. Um, so I'd, re- I'd highly recommend that, but also just reflect, you know, mm-hmm. that these people are dangerous. They're not kidding. They they really, you know, th- this is serious. These people will go to great lengths, including murder, um, to prevent what they see as, as, as baby killers um, from killing babies. And then they're much more cynical... Um, political apparatuses just take advantage of that and and stoke those flames and it can be really dangerous so time to reflect and if you want to go volunteer to be a person who helps uh, walk women through the gauntlet of these awful garbage people it's another thing that you can do to help Mm -hmm. yeah anything else about this this topic anything you'd like to add well uh, just again I mean, it ties directly back to what was just played on Kegro. The flip side of uh, blue Democrat control of state capitals is the opposite. And when you get the opposite, even uh, because here's the crazy thing is it like in all these states, how, you know, the percentage do you want Roe v. Wade overturned? Should abortion still be legal? It is clear majorities don't want abortion to not be legal. Correct. Yet these people keep getting voted by those same uh, majorities to criminalize abortion. So, you know, and it's not just that. It's a bunch of things. Um, I heard a statistic that about 70% of Americans overall uh, are pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and this particular thing that I was listening to is about the referendum in Ireland. And how, remember when that happened? Yeah. All these people yeah, were flying in it. to make a vote, right? And it was this horror, it was this amazing thing. And it won overwhelmingly. And now it's free. Um, and, you know. We can't do referendums about, here. Thinking about that, like, if we could have a vote, it wouldn't even be a question anymore. Right. It would be 70-30. There's 30% of people that really, really, really hate abortions. And the rest of the people... 70% of us are like either I don't like it but it should be an option it's not the government's job like or you're me and it's like yes have an abortion I don't care why like just uh, as per choice as you can be so I, I don't know I mean we don't have a referendum system in this country we don't well here's here's the thing Rachel this is what drives me crazy right we look at that and then we know the people go to the polls and vote against their own interests and then we ask why and it's either it's not that important, but more often than that, it's ignorance. And they don't realize 
um, abortion is not legal in their state anymore or there's nowhere to get one until they need one. Or their daughter needs one. Yeah. Um, and again, this is not an issue for the privileged. This is an issue for the rest of us. Yes. Um, and again, this goes back to, well, why don't they know? Why don't they know? Or why don't they care? And is it the messaging? Because in those states, it's a tough, they, they believe it to be a tough thing to campaign on because they see it as too divisive. Right. But I think that's bullshit. If 70% of people are pro-choice, or at least for having safe legal abortions, then I think you should say when your opponent is pro-life. Well, I want to say... And you should push them on that and say, what does that mean? And how far do you want to go? And are you talking fetal heartbeat? Or you want to send women to jail? Do you realize women are going to die if you do what you want to do? Like, I think we need to re-bring this conversation. Clearly, we need to bring this conversation back into the public realm. And Democrats and progressives need to stop hiding and couching behind, well, and start talking about what what does it mean to you to be pro-life and what I, are you going to do to women? I, I think that's actually starting to happen, uh, finally. I, I certainly see it with a lot of the great women who got into Congress this last yeah. time around. And even uh, our boring-ass presidential candidates here, uh, Bennett and Hickenlooper, they are milk toast and centrist and they drive me crazy on a lot of shit. But on reproductive rights, they are very clear. Yes. Um, Hick, the other day, the one thing I said that didn't want, make me want to strangle him, uh, he said, uh, you know, we had a program here, you've talked about this, where IUDs were basically made available to everybody who wanted one. Free, especially to, they were free to teenagers. Yeah. And guess what? The unwanted pregnancy rate plummeted <laughs> and the abortion 40%. rate plummeted, which is supposedly what these right-wingers want. Of course, it isn't. Uh, and, and Hicks said, if I'm president, I want to make that a national mandate. Of course, right. that would never happen, but what a great thing to say. Right. And what a ballsy thing to say. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think what they like to call the Overton window, at least on this, finally maybe has shifted. When you have the boring-ass, white, centrist guys trying to peel off Republican votes saying, I'm not compromising on reproductive rights. Right. So that's good. Was that's this a start. Warren came out um, opposed to the Hyde Amendment, mm -hmm. saying that absolutely Medicare funds, Medicaid funds rather, should be used, um, should be able to be used for abortion services. Why, of course. <laughs> um, uh, I think Kamala Harris did as well, but I'm not sure. I don't think we have any candidates who are even really wishy-washy on it, as far as I know, of the 22, which is kind of crazy because I even four eight. 12 years ago, if you had more than a few Democratic candidates, one or two of them, one or two of them would be middle of the road yeah. on reproductive rights. Right. Like sometimes you can have an abortion, but you have to right. have a really good reason and only up to a certain point and, you know, not. And in, in, in yeah. the 90s and early aughts, it wasn't crazy for a Democrat to be pro-life. Nope. And there are still a few of them out there. Obviously, we just talked about John Bell Edwards. Yep. But in terms of like presidential candidates, like nobody is is fucking around with that anymore. No, they shouldn't. Um, so that's good. But now we're, you know, now it's zero hour because it's threatened like never before. Everybody talks about, well, shit, now they got Kavanaugh and Roe v. Wade. It's like, well, they're not waiting. No. They're not waiting for that big case to come to the Supreme Court. They are on a full ass tear right now. Right. That's the whole point of all of this. The whole point of all of this is not to actually prevent women from having abortions at six weeks. 
It's to make such a restrictive law that the Supreme Court's going to be required to hear it because it flies in the face of precedent, which is Roe v. Wade, so that they can overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah. We talked a long time ago about, oh, it won't be bad. It'll be death by a thousand cuts. I don't think so. They've And they've said openly this is about challenging Roe v. Wade. Sure, but I practically I'm not sure it makes a difference. Let's say you live in Missouri and next week this judge, and I don't know who the judge is, uh, decides, like, you know what? The the state is within its rights to, to deny the license to this Planned Parenthood. And then there's nowhere in the state you can get an abortion. And, oh, well, Roe v. Wade is still the law of the land. What difference does it make? Like, functionally, it's the same. I mean, okay, no, it matters that, I guess, if you have the means, you can still drive to whatever nearby state, mm-hmm. potentially, where you could still get one. But functionally and practically, like, we're on the verge of, like, and I'm not saying Roe v. Wade doesn't matter, but like for people in these states where this this is happening, like practically, if you can't get an abortion anywhere, then yeah, the fact that Roe v. Wade is still upheld isn't terribly significant. It is only because um, if it's overturned, then it doesn't mean abortion is illegal. It just means that it means states can now. You know, make it illegal. Make it illegal. And yes. then there's no challenge in court because it's now, you know, precedent. Right. So other states can have it be legal. And there are a few states that are enshrining it into the law of the state that it is legal. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are those are few and far between in comparison to these uh, heartbeat bills. So I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm very worried. And I think yeah, and everyone we, should be. This is this is not a joke. This is not being hysterical. Mm-hmm. This is literally reproductive rights um, are on the line for the most. I mean, for the really for the first time since Roe v. Wade. Um, and again, we go back to it. We have fifty three percent of white women voting for Trump, and of those fifty three percent of white women, eighty percent, I would say, at least want to uphold reproductive rights. Right, yeah, but think? they either weren't thinking about it, or it wasn't that important. Or they they didn't realize this was a possibility. Yeah. So again, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Our messaging on our time, our side, probably wasn't very good on this. Right. And hasn't been for many years. Right. And then the other thing is, well, racism is more important, or or my my thoughts of how Trump is better for the economy is more important, or whatever the fucking case may be. But that is still a staggering number, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 we really have to ask, how did we get here? But uh, that's where we are. It is a scary time. Yeah. You don't need me to tell you I'm a dude. I don't have a don't Why are white uterus. men so obsessed with my uterus? <sighs> yeah. So Megan Amram said, I'm baby house. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I am baby house. And, you know, there's been a lot of, I mean, women are fucking pissed. But there's been a lot of talk of, like, you know, women also have heartbeats. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Additionally, you know... A man rapes a woman and he gets six months because he has a really bright future and he made one small mistake and we don't want it affecting the rest of his life, right? Woman gets pregnant and she better live with her mistake and she better learn from her mistake and she's saddled with it now because that she did something and yeah. that's her fault. And she also magically impregnated herself, by the way. We should bring up, though, and we've brought it up before, where we unconsciously help in moving the window on these things when we bring up the the whole really horrible cases like that right. just we heard about where an 11 year old girl was impregnated right, right? and now because of the st- I, I forget if she's in Georgia or Alabama but because of the law that's trying to go into effect like she would be forced you know to term yeah 
She or, won't be currently, but if that law were implemented, she would be. Right, and that you have an IUD, not not just for for whatever reasons, but for medical reasons. Right, and and like, but, but by by but, by always highlighting these examples, yes, we and it's not it's it's tough because it's like we should absolutely highlight these examples. But then it like sort of creates the window where like you might get people to think, okay, well, okay, in the extreme cases, you're right. But then everybody else, these women who just want, you know, contraception and be able to have an abortion just because they don't want to have a baby, well, fuck them, right? Right, right. And that's problematic. Using abortion as contraception, like I don't care if you do that. That's fine with me. I don't care. Yeah. You can have an abortion for literally no reason other than you don't want to be pregnant. That's it. But I think my point is we have to be con- as progressives need to be conscious of that where we're always to make our point. We always want to go to the extreme cases. Like, right. And know, I think we I think that's a really excellent point. That's the thing that I think you and I try to do really consistently. Is we're conscious of it to to not do that. Yeah, because I it doesn't matter. It's none of your fucking business why these women had an abortion. Well, we can couch they it. You just like, want one. You are so extreme on the other side. <laughs> look, look what you would allow to happen. Right. But also, we have to point out, per the law of the land, abortion is legal mm-hmm. and should be safe and easily available for anybody who wants one. Correct. And if you care, and and you then you can feed it into this. And if you care that much about unwanted pregnancies, mm-hmm. then absolutely we need comprehensive sex education and we need to make contraception free and easily available. Yep. And we know it'll work because look, here are the numbers from Colorado. Yep. Of course, we never get that far in the discussion. <coughs> And because it's not really about that. Right. It's never about that. If it really was about that, then we'd have all those things. Right. And we'd have way less abortions. Yeah. Yes. Nobody wants to get an abortion. I mean, that's not true. Some people want to get an abortion because they find themselves unwantedly pregnant. I also think that's a thing we should stop Yeah, but, uh, but nobody, nobody... Backing up, nobody says, pregnant. like, I want to get pregnant so I can have an abortion. Right. Right. There's a lot of people who are pregnant who really want to have an abortion, and they should, and we should stop saying that. But nobody gets pregnant for the intention of having an abortion because it's just super fun. (laughs) That's just not a thing. Right. And women don't fucking regret it, and it's not a thing that they take lightly. And it doesn't cause breast cancer. It doesn't cause breast cancer. It's generally speaking, in my experience, not very traumatic. Um, it's a thing that sticks with well, you just like any other event in your life. They, they play tricks with that, right? Because an unwanted pregnancy, just have, being pregnant unwantedly can cause a degree of trauma, especially if it was a product of, of rape or a bad relationship or an abusive relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And then they like to conflate that with, oh, see, they had an abortion and now they have depression. It's like, well, it's had nothing to do with having the abortion. Right. It's the unwanted pregnancy. It's the unwanted pregnancy. Yeah. And imagine how much more traumatic that is if you're then forced to carry that child's term. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. And then where are, are they, all these people who are so pro-life, are they adopting all these babies? <laughs> right, yeah, right. No, they want to make it harder for people to adopt babies, right. especially gay people. Queers can't adopt babies no. that we make you have. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's never about this. Pointing out their hypocrisy is fun, kind of useless, but really is just a way, a means by which to say... It's not, I'm not mad because they're being hypocritical. I'm mad because it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's so obviously not about that, that we have to talk about what it's really about instead of arguing with them about life and when life starts and whose life matters and life, life, life. It's not about life. It's about control. Yes. And it's also about not just controlling the bodies of people who can become pregnant. I mean, it is about that. It's also 
there is a capitalist bent to this. It is a class issue. It's a way of keeping people impoverished, particularly already impoverished populations. If you can make people have babies, that keeps them in poverty, right? If you have to have a child at 16 because the state won't allow you to not have it, then you're not going to get out of your impoverished situation. You're not going to get a better job. You're still going to be the sort of enslaved, lower working class. And Mm -hmm. that allows them to exert control over you, particularly women of color. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just about controlling women's bodies because they're puritanical and terrible. It is also a class issue. It is really about violence through capitalism and keeping impoverished people impoverished because that upholds the capitalist system as we know it. We need cheap labor. Mm-hmm. And if we make you have babies, then you stay down there and then you work for us and we pay you nothing. And then your kid is more likely to be impoverished for the rest of its life, probably to be a teen parent. Also staying, it just it establishes and protects the system as it is. And that is how they want it. Yeah, and, and I see some of the... Uh conservatives lately going back to talking about Margaret Sanger uh, about how she was a eugenicist oh, we should talk about uh, fucking Clarence Thomas I guess yeah yeah no we absolutely should um, well go ahead and go ahead and talk about what uh, this was about and if you want to talk about the case where it was the Indiana law where they uh, they upheld this law that you have to you have to bury the remains yes. of your, uh, even if you have Fetuses. a miscarriage. Yeah. Which is bizarre. And abortion clinics have to either bury or cremate any fetal tissue that they remove from a woman's body, which makes no sense because no, literally, no. do you know how many women have had miscarriages without even knowing that they were pregnant or knowing that they miscarried? Yeah. Because the size of the tissue that comes out of you when you have a miscarriage is a clump. Yeah, it's, which mi- it's women mistaken who for a period often. have clumps. Yeah. It's you're, you're shedding lining of, from your, your uterus out of your body, so it's chunky sometimes. And so can you imagine having to bury that or risk being in violation of Indiana state law? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's, it's asinine. It's absurd. Like, do they make you, like, when you come in a Kleenex, are you supposed to go bury that in the backyard? <laughs> Just have a like, graveyard for your fucking jerking off? Like, what the fuck? I, That's I, equivalent. I don't. <laughs> Would you like the state to make you do that? Um, for sanctity of life, yes. yes. I believe that I should have to bury my jizz. In the... Anyway, the point is, Indiana upheld, I mean, the Supreme Court upheld that part of the law for some reason. And then they struck it's down. an undue burden. They struck down other parts of the law that were more uh, regressive and restrictive. Right. And. Uh, Clarence Thomas wrote a blistering 20-page dissent. Uh, and do you want to discuss what was in that insane screed? I didn't read all of it because I hate him. And I I, I was done a couple of pages in. I was like, nope, I'm not doing this. I get what he's getting at. And it is so cynical and so fucked up and such bullshit. He's making this argument. I don't know if he's... All right, Clarence Thomas is black, right? Mm-hmm. And... He has so much, I don't know what. Self-hate? Internalized racism, something. I know plenty of Jews who are the same way. He votes against the rights of black people. Yes. Um, and yet is very skilled at flipping that around. So remember during the Anita Hill hearings, 
he called this a, a 20th century lynching. Yeah. Right? Using the fact that he's black to be like, that's why they're doing this to me. Right. Not because I sexually harassed this woman, which I definitely did, but because I'm black. They don't want a black person on the Supreme Court, right? And, and, and I think that that tactic probably worked yes. on people like Biden. Absolutely. So he did that again. Not about him this time, but about black people. So he hates black people, right? He routinely <laughs> he really votes in, to harm them. To harm black people as a community. He routinely votes to harm them. And if you don't think so, ask any black person. Absolutely. He voted against the Voting Rights Act, right? He voted against... They hate Thomas more than Trump. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, Very much so. So he writes this thing about how allowing abortions to be legal is a form of eugenics. Because allowing people to abort fetuses based on their gender, their race, or um, what else? Uh, birth defects or intellectual right. um, is a form of eugenics. Yeah. Because what what it, why don't I understand? So I I, I don't eugen- that's not what eugenics is right. No, it isn't, but it, it, it goes to this belief that a lot of conservatives have and, and is swirling around the conservative, you know, think tankosphere is that a bunch of people have abortions because they're going to have Down syndrome kids or they're going to have, you know, birth defects. Well, they've or, been saying, like, if Black Lives Matter, then why are one in five black babies aborted? It's like, first of all, it's not fucking true. And second of all, you don't give a shit about black lives. No. And third of all, you don't want a bunch more black people in the United States. So who are you kidding? Well, Who are you if, kidding? if you can have a bunch of poor black people that remain poor because you make their teenage mom have them at 14 instead of waiting until they're 25, yeah. right? They want that. Sure. And then they can put them in prison and then use their labor to yeah. uphold, you know. Fair. True. Um, they certainly don't want a bunch of black citizens voting and owning businesses. And No, of yeah. course not. No. But this is the best way to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Ensure that they have a really rocky start to life. Um, and so that way they'll never escape whatever um, circumstances that their parents may have been in. So, or if they're fortunate enough to do that, they'll be be like Ben Carson and they'll be part of the club and then they can be an ambassador quizzling for you. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, he writes, first of all, eugenics is state, right? It's, it's the state trying to control the population to make the population a certain way. A certain way. This is not about, that's not what this is. This is about individual women who can't have a baby right now or don't want one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's super cynical in that way. And also, in his imagined world, black people are going to eugenics themselves out of existence? <laughs> like, black people are aborting black babies so because they don't like black people? I mean, is that what he's saying? Or the, a bunch of white women are going to get pregnant with black babies and abort them? Or, I don't understand. It, who's, it, who's killing off all these black babies because they hate black people? There's no logic to follow. It's just gobbledygook, as it usually is from Thomas. He's it's, just a fucking asshole. Um, like, Scalia, at least in his screeds, you wouldn't agree with it, but there was, like, a, a coherent train of thought even if it was gross. He's an asshole, but yes. <laughs> yeah, and like Thomas is just like, what are you saying? You're just spouting nonsense, man. I mean, he's a skilled writer in that he... Um, he, he can evoke emotional Yeah, and emotion. he, yes, he uses very like plain language in a way that is that some of the other ones do not. Yeah, um, but following his arguments to the rational end goes no, there's nowhere. There's no logic. There can't, like, literally, black people are going to eugenics themselves out of existence is what you're saying. Right. That makes no sense. 
like not everybody hates black people as much as you do, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. So and then this whole yeah, like oh, you don't you are an ableist if you want to have an abortion because your child will not live for more than two hours outside of the womb because they didn't form a brain, right? Like yeah. they, but then they say, well, people are gonna um, abort babies with with Down syndrome, and it's like, okay. <clears throat> That could be true. I think that's probably happened. Mm-hmm. Not the fucking point. And it's not like that's. It's just it's fucking ridiculous. Maybe the whole you, thing maybe is ridiculous. Maybe you don't have the means to take care of a child with special needs. Maybe you right. don't have the financial or psychological mm-hmm. means to do that, or support, or emotional capacity. Um, there's a million reasons. And but, if you say, "Well, just put it up for adoption one more time," I swear to God, I'm going to punch somebody in the throat. Uh, can I talk about Sanger for a minute? Sure. Because, <laughs> man, these conservatives, the really hard right conservatives love going back to, to her about to, to talk about how Planned Parenthood is really evil. Mm-hmm. And if you read the, and, and let, let's face it, Margaret Sanger did. Was a eugenicist for sure. Yeah, and she wrote some really appalling shit. But most of what she wrote was really, it was like race-based yes. eugenics. Yes, And it's basically the same shit that is now conservative orthodoxy right she's like there's too many basically brown people or asian people being born in, in you know in this country and we need more white european right we're gonna have we're gonna become the minority and that can't happen right which is which is basically what steve king says and it's fine right but margaret sanger who was fundamental in establishing planned parenthood right mm-hmm. uh says it so what are they pissed off about? They they should either like Planned Parenthood or they should be like, well, I hate Planned Parenthood, but at least their founder had some good things to say. It's like, you know, you got to pick you got to pick one and roll with it. Right. And we don't love her. Fuck no. her. Fuck her. Like, thanks for Planned Parenthood or whatever. But no, fuck her. It would have been somebody else doing the exact same thing. So I she's not like some feminist icon or something like we don't claim her. She's your fucking people's people. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, that doesn't make Planned Parenthood not good. <laughs> no, You know what obviously. I mean? That's just such an ad hominem argument. Like, well, the founder was bad, therefore... Right, well, then you should hate NASA because it was basically built by a bunch of ex-Nazi scientists. I mean, right. like, where do you... We well, can they do, do we, hate NASA, so... Yeah, well, fair. <laughs> That's not why, though. <laughs> we can do this with everything, though. Yes. You know? The, yes. The founding fathers are all slave owners. Like, wh- how far do you want to go back with this? Right. Like, we can play this game ad nauseum. Yes. Um, but you know, don't tell me that something is evil because its founder espoused the same shit you were espousing and saying today. It's okay. Yeah, that's my point. Correct. We got a couple more minutes for the break. Uh, I guess we'll devote this whole half to the subject, which is fine. We can devote hours to it. Yeah, obviously. Yep. So, um, I don't know. I mean. You know, I think it feels hard for a lot of us to there's this whole notion that I think is probably true that if you shout your abortion and you talk about it, it destigmatizes it and other people will do it. And I think all of that's true. And I want to just say, also, you don't have to. No, it's your business. We are constantly, constantly asked to just rip our bodies and selves and minds and trauma open to prove our humanity Mm -hmm. and to try to protect our rights. And sometimes you just can't. And so if you can't, don't. You know, protect yourself, protect your, you know, protect yourself. And if you can help, please do. And if that's a way that you can help that you think would be helpful, please do. But please keep yourself safe. 
and you know know that there's other ways that you can help yeah, and it's your business ultimately yeah and don't feel pressured to rip open old wounds and and expose potentially yourself to um, danger or harm economically or socially or in, in any other way mm-hmm. there's no shame in having an abortion um, and if you've had one I'm glad I hope that it went okay and I'm glad that you had safe legal access to it if you did um, and if you haven't and if you're a man by the way you've probably had an abortion <laughs> whether you know it or not yeah so time to fucking step up yeah yeah, it, it, you know, we've talked about this before, but this should be an issue that men really care about. And I think quietly or privately, a lot of men do. Yeah. Because. Could you maybe it, not be quiet about it? I, I agree. <laughs> but but like, let, let, let's let's tur- let's take it down to its most base elements. Right. Like, what do guys like to joke about? Like, oh, shit, I think my girl's pregnant. I'm not ready to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think that goes to, guys? Who were very adamant about controlling contraception and abortion and, you know, rights of the unborn and all this shit that you beat your chest about. Like, you know, now granted, you could be like a Joe Walsh and just run off and not pay your child support and just not care, I suppose. But at the end of the day, don't you want a measure of control as well? Right. That's the thing, though. Men control 100% of pregnancies. <laughs> yeah. Where you choose to put your sperm is what controls who gets pregnant. Yes. So if you don't want abortion, stop coming and, in and, women. And I know that sometimes it's accidents. You, you meant to pull out. The condom broke. Whatever. Sure. But granted, by and if you large, want zero abortions, we are in control. You are not allowed to have... Um, you're not allowed to come in women anymore. If <laughs> well, you want zero abortions, option. that's it. No, that is an option. Not the way men see it. Well. And that's my point. Then you have to let us have fucking abortions. Well, not only have, men need to be a part of keeping that right inherent. Yes. Needs to be a top of your fucking list if you want to keep having sex and ejaculating inside of ladies. And also people who can get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Because not all of us are women. Uh, sure, but then it's then the abortion's not an issue, right? That's another thing that I always talk about. Like, why do the right wing conservatives hate gay sex so much? You're never going to have abortions. Well, but trans men can get pregnant. Oh, okay, fair. Non-binary people can oh, get pregnant. Yeah, but they can't even wrap their heads around that. So. No, fair enough. Okay. Anyway, so go out and have a lot of gay sex because then there won't be any abortions for the right. Be gay, do about. crimes. Be, be gay, do crimes. And on that note, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to kvetch about uh, Democratic leadership and the current discussion surrounding possible impeachment of the uh, big, fat, wet, orange uh, blob that we call president. So don't go anywhere. Be right back.
Hello and welcome back to Irreverent Testimony. Uh, we're going to start this half by uh, doing a, another segment of shit that pissed Rachel off during the break. Uh, what is it this time, Rachel? Okay, so um, this YouTube video came out of Germany. Uh, Stand Up 120, something like that. And it starts with these women saying, I am Maria, I am Ebba, I am Mia. And they talk about how they were assaulted in this one place or raped in this one place. So it's like a Me Too thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, it's all white women. And then it suddenly takes a very nefarious turn. Oh. And they say, okay. these. They, what they're doing is naming off these three women who were... Um, brutalized in one way or another by immigrants Mm -hmm. and so they start with and it's your fault because you let in these immigrants um you've sacrificed us and now millions of young men are coming into our country from an archaic culture where there are no women's rights and you would rather be politically correct than protect us so it's like an anti-merkel thing it is a right-wing Nazi attempted takeover of the Me Too movement to make yeah. a point about immigration, yes. Oh, yeah, sure. It is disgusting and vile as you can possibly imagine. And what a fucking... God. And we've seen some of that here, and I think in 2020 we're going to see a lot of it. I think it's going to be so gross and so horrifying and so divisive and so ugly. Uh, I, I don't think people can really comprehend, and I don't think the media is ready to handle it. Because I don't think they've even yet addressed that was that path we started to go down in 2016. I, I I feel two ways about it because of when you bring up immigration right now in this country, the thing that people want to talk about is the detention centers, the, which really aren't detention centers. They're outdoor camps with people standing on toilets and, and they're out of room and these children are being separated from their parents and all these kids are dying and being assaulted and raped and um, I think when we talk about immigration policy right now in this country that's the thing that comes to mind first and foremost for most people uh-huh. um, and so I think that that might skew the discussion in 2020 toward what the fuck are we doing and how inhumane are we being um, I think they could try to spin it as well these people could be raping and murdering your daughters but that I, I just don't know that that's going to play the same way when you then show footage of what the conditions are, what we're doing to these people. Well, it, who, you know? it'll, it'll play with the same people that are stridently anti-immigrant. I think so, but a lot of those people who are sort of casually anti-immigrant, um, you know, a lot of the marges in Iowa, they're also moms and grandmas. And I think a lot of them are looking at this and they're like, this is fucked up. Like, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I think that's why they had to change that policy pretty quickly of child separation is because a lot of the people who support the Republicans and support immigration reform and support, um, you know, tough borders and stuff are also human beings and looked at the situation and were like, ho, 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 wait a minute, hold on, stop. This is fucked up. You can't just take kids away from their moms like because they are moms by the way it hasn't really been addressed and they still have all these kids unaccounted for a couple thousand of them yeah yeah Yeah. um but they did stop the separation policy precisely because a lot of those moms who would otherwise be strident supporters of theirs were like wait a minute this is way too far way too far well it's impossible to say exactly how it's going to play but don't you agree with me that we are going to see ads like that here uh yeah by maybe not directly by campaigns but by packs yeah, certainly probably 
Yeah. Oh, undoubtedly. I mean, we haven't had any recent murders by immigrants, I don't think. Um, there might, there will be one or two, inevitably. Right. There's, and and, there's and hundreds of thousands people. by citizens, but, yeah. you know, the one or two that happen. Um, will get blown up, and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen at all. I just think it, it, is it, it, it doesn't right even have to happen. You can just make shit up. Right. Or, you know, bring up old instances right. that we know. What are they called? Absolutely. Angel moms or something like that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And, like, look, I'm not disparaging these people whose family members have been murdered in any way. Um, that's horrible. I don't think that it's relevant where the person is from. Um, I just don't see the relevance there. Well, they tried to do that recently. I think it was a month or two ago. There was a young woman who was murdered in Iowa by uh, an undocumented or, or recently... Uh, someone with a visa or something like that. And they tried to do that. And her family was very adamant and saying, no, don't you You're dare not doing that. You're not doing that. And they didn't cooperate with Fox or any of these people. And then it quickly went away because they yeah. wouldn't play along. Right. I mean, I think it's a really ugly side to violent crime in this country. And I have direct experience with this after the mugging happened. Mm-hmm. And so very many people, you know, depending on their race and their gender, the series of questions that was I was it a asked black guy? Was, it a Hispanic was, guy? was was yeah. really specific, and yeah. they always would ask. Um, all the white people would, in sort of a hushed tone, well, "What did he look like? What was his race?" Yeah, and I never responded. I always just said, "Why does that matter? Are you going to go vigilante find him? <laughs> right? You, you're going to go be a PI and go search the streets for the guy that matches the description? Like, I, I don't know why it's relevant." I don't know why it's relevant what the race of the person who did that was. I don't think it is. And so I wouldn't answer the question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stick by that because I don't think it's relevant. Um, in the same way that I don't think it hurts any more or less to have um, a family member be taken away from you because of the race or immigration status of the person who did it. I just don't think that it's relevant. Um, but I think I'm uh, in the minority on that in a lot of cases. So yeah. anyway. So yeah, that was really, really vile, and uh, and and that's nothing new. Europe has got a big, big problem of a burgeoning uh, neo mm-hmm. far right. Yes, and we're, it's been happening for a while. Yeah, it's been um, building for years. Yeah, it's not an overnight thing. What's that awful lady's name from France? Marie Le Pen. Marie Le Pen. Yeah, I've been oh, following well. <laughs> her for years, and yeah. she's she used to be real fringy, and now not so much. She's trying to moderate. Uh, on the surface, at least. Right. I, I don't think she's gotten any nicer, but right. she's trying to be more mainstream. Right. But who fucking cares? Fuck her. Yes. And uh, there and were Nigel some... Farage and all of them. Yeah, there were some recent elections, and it's kind of hard to parse out because some more left-leaning parties won and some more right-leaning parties won. And, you know, it's... I, 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 I Since I'm not an expert on European politics, I'm not going to yeah. delve in too much. Maybe our friend Will could give us more idea of what all this means. Um, and obviously there's been stuff happening in Europe, but I wanted to point out that t- it's Steve Bannon. Remember how Steve Bannon was going to build an anti-Vatican? Um, he was going to, he was going to build like a, like, like a, a camp in Italy where he was yes. going to train far right members People of to some take over Europe militia or something. Or something? Yeah. yeah. And overthrow the Pope. Yeah. Well, well he, I don't know if that was his point or not, but. No, he, well, it was something to do with the Pope is evil or something like, you know, he's a new Protestant movement. I have no, no idea. But Jesus. in any event, uh, he got kicked out because to secure the money 
that he because like this big compound is like ten thousand euro a month or something, um, which is it's in I, Italy. Yeah, which is pretty reasonable for like a big castle, I would say, or whatever he's got. <laughs> um, I don't know what castles go. Apparently, for. he forged a bank document <laughs> from Denmark that showed that this is how he's going to have the money for it. So they kicked him out. Oh, <laughs> so, well, I mean, look at who he hangs with. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Right, that's that is yeah, that is their mo. So that was interesting. Uh, I want to get to something else before I rant about Nancy Pelosi and Bob Mueller. Um, very under the radar. Okay, there, there's a case before the Supreme Court that they're going to decide on soon about the 2020 census and adding a citizenship yes. question. And the very nefariously and cynically, the argument they used was like, well, we need this citizenship question so we could help enforce the Voting Rights Act. Right. So the the oral arguments have been completed. Mm-hmm. And the case is now with the justices who are deliberating and are going to make a decision soon. Right. And yeah, the, the Republicans said, you know, this is about um, voting rights. This is about... Just having, you and, know, the, and the conservative justices all seem to buy that. Yeah, they're pretended like, oh, to okay, buy that it. Oh, yeah, no, good. that yep. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, makes the Voting sense. Rights Sounds Act good. is very important, even that's, though that's the reason. That's there's a definite government reason, for <laughs> reasonable. Yeah, yes. even yes. though obviously a couple of years ago, basically Roberts wiped his ass with the Voting Rights Act. Yeah, but now it's very important to uphold. Anyway, they very in the last couple of days, it was unearthed that they found basically the smoking gun saying that. Oh no, we should do the citizenship thing because then we can like totally even gerrymander even harder. We can dilute the vote of black and brown people in this country, particularly immigrants. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like in writing. It's It's in writing, cut. right. So they presented it um to the judge the justices and said, you know, this is new information that is absolutely pertains to what was argued and it wasn't true and here's what is true and it's in black and white. And crickets from the court, obviously, they're not commenting on that, but... Um, well, it's going to come down to this. Look, four justices are in the bag. It doesn't matter. We know that Thomas, yep. Alito, yep. Gorsuch... Mm-hmm. Matt and, Gorsuch is a maybe for me. No, <laughs> not for me. Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh are going to say, whatever. They're going to make up some excuse. Are they going to be like, oh, even though this information came to light, it's still relevant that the Voting Rights Act needs to be protected in those arguments we heard before. They'll they'll say some shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck, they're done. Obviously, the four liberal justices are going to say no way. Yeah. It's all up to Roberts. Yeah. And how much Roberts wants to protect his legacy in being the guy. If that, you're already the guy who dismantled the Voting Rights Act. Well, that's what I'm worried about. Right. Then are you the guy that says... I know I said it was for these reasons, which is that racism is over, and now I'm being presented with this very clear racist thing that they are able to do because I did that thing, which is not why I said I was doing it. Does he, if he cares about his legacy, which we know that he does, doesn't he have to vote against this? Doesn't he have to say this is bullshit? Well, that's one side of the coin. Or it's just, it just flips his, I mean, he's just the racist guy who dismantled voting rights. That's the legacy of his court. Well, the other, the other side of the coin is if I do this, I I really contradict, you know, my decision, my VRA decision before, and I make that decision look really stupid. So I have to at least stand by, I have to stand by my convictions. Mm. So it could go either way. It could, very much. And, you know, I don't think he's a terribly principled guy. I just think he cares about how history is going to view him as a chief justice. Yes. And I think he's also a very, I I know to be true that he's a very um, 
studied historian on the Supreme Court and their legacies because it's important to him. Yes. And I think he understands from a nonpartisan sort of way how these things tend to come down in history. And I think this is one of those that he's going to be like, I can't be the guy who dismantled voting rights for black people. But he already did. Yeah, but he already did. But he can't. He can't then he can't say, double down and it's on okay it? that it's racist. I said it wasn't racist, so we didn't need it. I was wrong. Well, I said, clearly they want to be racist. No, I said what I said. He said there's no more racism. Right. Which is so asinine. Of course. But then when given evidence that because of that decision, they wanted to be racist, which of course we all fucking knew. He has to be like, nope, I guess we weren't ready. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's the logical turn, right? Yeah. I mean, Ro- Roberts turn. is the same guy, and I love to bring up this example just to show either how stupid or duplicitous he can be. I'm not saying he's a stupid guy. No, I'm he's saying not. sometimes he can act very stupidly or duplicitously. I go back to the, uh, the Amazon case where um, there was a class action suit that Amazon was making their employees stand in a half hour line when they're leaving just to make sure they didn't steal anything. And Amazon employees said, we need to get paid for this half hour. We're literally not allowed to leave the building. Right. And in oral arguments, uh, John Roberts said, well, why didn't they fix this with their collective bargaining? And you know, it was told him, no, idiot, they don't have any collective bargaining rights. Are you right. out of your mind? Right. And then he said, oh, okay. And then in his decision, he voted against them and said, well, they should have decided this with their collective bargaining rights that they don't have. And from that moment on, I said, you can't trust this guy. No. You can't either, because either he has dementia at, at a too young age, or he's just a duplicitous bastard. Yeah. Like many Supreme Court justices are. And that's just one example. He's done shit like this innumerable times. Yes. Yeah. No, I know. I'm, and and look, the court often I'm does. not defending John Roberts. I'm saying, I, I think this one's up in the air. Oh, I think it's very know. much up in the air. I don't know which way he's going to go, and it could be either way is all I'm saying. I don't think he's in the bag one way or the other. I think he's going to have to look long and hard at this and think, like, with this new evidence, like, it's proven now that this is a racist tactic, and you said racism was over, so what are you going to say now? And he may just say, we can't consider this new evidence. There may be some bullshit loophole, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's in the bag. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think it is going to come down to Roberts. I do, too. I, I don't think Gorsuch. Gorsuch, maybe. I don't know. I, you know, he, he's a real problem for me on, like, religious rights, religious freedoms, that kind of thing. Um, and he's pretty pro-law enforcement. But... Um, I don't know how he. I don't know how he fares on this. I, I. I don't know enough about his record on voting rights. Colorado is a really, like, we're one of the safest and most secure and, and best sort of states in voting. Um, and yeah, but he knows so, also this is an opportunity to really cement Republican majorities semi permanently. Yeah. So is he going to pass on that chance? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know. And fundamentally undermine democracy. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he's a Republican. He's a conservative. That's what they do. I don't know. That I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know that we can know that for sure. Uh, okay. It's great. I'd be really happy to say I was wrong. And how about that Gorsuch? He's actually more principled on, on this little sliver of right. things right. and not principled on everything else. Okay, we'll see. Or I think he's principled on those things. It's just wrong. <laughs> yeah, his principles are twisted Bad. and grotesque. Yes. Anyway, um... Okay, so keep your eye on that. 
Uh, now moving on to Mueller real quick. So Bob Mueller decided to, for some reason that people were well, still not sure of, give a press, uh, like an eight minute press conference. Mm-hmm. On like Thursday, right? Uh, I think it was Thursday. Yeah. And he basically said, I'm done talking. Um, this is what we did. Uh, I'm resigning. I, 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 like Again, I'll reiterate that, you know, if we could have cleared the president, we would have, but we couldn't which is the part everybody ran with. Um, and I don't want to have to testify and stop asking me questions. Go away, basically. And I'm, I'm done with the investigation, so I'm out yeah. of the FBI. Um, everybody's trying to parse read between the lines. I still think it's another fucking wimp-ass mm-hmm. dereliction of duty by yep. this guy. Me too. Not that he had the... And, and he, he gave a little kiss to William Barr, too, which, you know, when you say he had to do or whatever... You know, it's part of the plot. Whatever he said, uh, William Barr's acting in good faith, which he's obviously not. No. Um, and I just look at him, and I look at Pelosi slow walking the impeachment thing, and the other Dem leadership that is just you know they don't want this, and I'm just thinking like we keep overthinking and we keep trying to create these scenarios where it's this chess game and this means this and this means that and they're setting the table for somebody else Mm -hmm. to do this thing and with a popular opinion and I just see old people that are are born and bred and have lived in the system just scared to upend the system. I agree and I also think they're still living like we talked about last time they're living in a different world than we're living in. They're living in a time capsule of what politics is. Mm-hmm. And they're not living in the current world where it's different now. It's just fundamentally different now. Um, and I'm sick, uh, for Mueller, I'm sick of hearing like, well, had to work within his purview. He had to do his job. And I think back to the Russian guy in the bunker in 1983 where the lights were flashing and saying that the Soviet Union is under attack. You need to press the retaliatory nuclear launch button. And he said, no, that's not the right thing to do. Right. <laughs> and he ended up getting fired for it. Sometimes just working within your purview and straight doing your job is not the right answer. Correct. And I understand for a career prosecutor guy like Mueller, that makes sense. But in the bigger picture, it doesn't. Of history, no. And he will never, he'll never get that. Right? I don't think. No, he's an institutionalist, first and foremost. Yeah. He and what that means, I think sometimes people don't know what that means. It just means this there's this notion that the great republic cannot be taken down by one man or one administration. Yeah. And so to uphold the 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 mores and the institutions themselves um, is more important than anything else, including taking down a corrupt leader because the system will outlive the leader and the system needs to stay in place. Now, I'm an anti-institutionalist. <laughs> yeah. um, I would like to dismantle the system entirely. But, um, so for him, it's not really a question of whether or not Trump is guilty. I think he knows that he is. But he doesn't want to be responsible for taking down the institution of the president um, and and right, the, the institution the, of the FBI and of a special counsel in the Department of Justice, like those things he feels are so important. Well, this is what drives me crazy, right? The DOJ decided back in the <laughs> 70s 
Really? I, I don't know if it was just after Nixon. No, Nixon wrote a memo. <laughs> well, no, Nixon didn't write the memo. Yeah. The Department of Justice wrote the oh, memo. Oh, there might be a different memo and that said, you're talking about. But it was right around the time of Nixon, whether before or after or during. And it basically said, like, look, to, to actually indict the president would be so disruptive. It's just not something we can do. There is a process of impeachment. And really, we have to leave – if the president has committed a crime, you know – we can't be the cops in that in that sense. Now that's just something they just decided. It's not mm-hmm. in the Constitution. No. And the Constitution really infers much more strongly that the president is definitely not above the law and certainly can violate the law. Of course. Um, and and then and then that's like the conundrum then Pelosi is in because if you want to read the Mueller in the best light, he's he's saying here Pelosi fucking take this and do your job right I did mine here's yours yes but he made that tricky by by being so wishy-washy with in his report with the conclusions part of his report there's plenty there as far as evidence and then it just drives you crazy that he did that because now this other thing comes to light where we have tape of John Dowd calling Flynn's lawyer and saying hey look uh, you might want to keep quiet if you know what's good for you Right? right. I mean, that's fucking obstruction. There's Absolutely. No, and then Mueller's like looking at that. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it seems kind of obstructiony, but I don't know. Uh, you guys decide. You guys decide. I, I, I'll write. I'll write what happened. But like, and you then know, it got released. I don't want to say it's obstruction because that's a big deal. And then it just served up to Barr for Barr to say no obstruction. He he didn't say obstruction, so that means no obstruction. Right. And then, and then that's where we are. So I will tell you that I had a really interesting conversation with Josh the other day. Her brother. Yeah, the um, devil's advocate, centrist, centrist, <laughs> independent, unaffiliated yeah. type. Yeah. Joe, average American. Yes. Pays a little, tiny bit of attention to politics, but not really. Right. And his opinion was uh, that ship has sailed. He should either have been. He should never have been allowed to take office in the first place. This should have been done two fucking years ago or not at all. At this point, you're just dragging this on and then what? And I just, you know, it should have been done before so that he never had a chance to do all this fucking bullshit or at this point, like, there's no point. Okay, that doesn't really make sense, but I said, I agree with you. Um, It should have been done two years ago. Why wasn't it? Right? Why wasn't it? Why have impeachment proceedings not taken place? If you so clearly, and most Americans so clearly think this guy is a corrupt, obstruction-y douchebag, right? Who was in charge? Who had the House? Who had the House and the Senate? Until January of this year. Right? And he's like, yeah, but this is not really a partisan. And I was like, it absolutely is partisan. It absolutely is. So if we lost Josh... Now, Josh hates Trump. Josh fucking hates him. Um, But Josh just completely... Uh, does not understand how the branches work or the separation of powers or anything else, clearly. Well, I mean, I don't think that's true. He Well, then just, why, why would he say that something should have been done about it two years ago, as if the Republican House was going to start impeachment hearings on Trump? Well, exactly. That was my entire point. The reason that he was not, that there were no impeachment hearings two years ago is because Republicans controlled the House and the Senate. And so they made it partisan by not doing their job because their president was in power. Right. Now, back in the Nixon days, the Republicans stepped up and they did the thing. But it took a while. It did. 
So and he got reelected. So I was like, the only reason that we're talking about it now is because now's the only time it's been possible since he's been the president because Democrats finally have the House. Yeah. Before that, Paul Ryan was not going. No, to Paul move. Ryan's not going to do shit, yeah. as you saw, which he didn't do for two years. So can you please be mad at the Republicans and not politics? You know, he doesn't. He hates politics. They're all corrupt. Blah blah blah, which is fine, but. In this case, like we are, we did not do a good message of getting across to Josh why the president was not impeached before now. So he just looks at it as Congress is stupid and corrupt. Who cares? And it's definitely not for him. He's not connecting the dots that it's a Republican problem and not just Congress or assholes. Right. So we failed. Which is exactly what Republicans want to do. They muddy the waters enough where people are like, I don't want to. But here's the thing. And again. Whatever Josh says now is completely irrelevant because let's say that Nancy Pelosi. I'm just giving you a a, a reading of the room right now where we are. And I'm telling you it's irrelevant and I'm going to explain why. Because I'm sure Josh and 50 million other people say the same thing. Like, oh, let's not bother. We'll just vote him out, you know, whatever. It's fine. But let's say Nancy Pelosi wakes up tomorrow and says, you know what? It is time for impeachment proceedings and it's going to be on TV and it's going to be a spectacle. And Trump, of course, loses his shit. And the, and the Republicans say, oh, good. Now we're going to, you know, process. Now we're going to ask Mueller the tough questions when he's on the stand. And right. It turns into a circus. Guess who's going to tune in? Josh. And, and everybody else. I think. And then the case, that it's and irrelevant then the case will be not presented. necessary. And I don't think it, that's fair. Well, because well, what I'm saying you're is getting, you're not letting me finish my thought. Because that happens and Josh goes, oh, well, now we're going to do this impeachment thing. That's dumb. And then he tunes in and then all the shit we know and he never knew comes to light. Oh, oh, that happened. Oh, oh my God. that He did that. Oh, what? This Russian oligarch did what? The, the, he was trying to build a Trump tower in Russia. What the fuck? Like it, it, he's going to be educated of to all this shit that he did not know. Or did I not know. sink in? I'm not disagreeing with you on any of that. I'm saying the reason I think that we're not impeaching anybody right now is because they're taking the temperature of Josh's and they're not looking forward and they're saying nobody wants this. <sighs> Average everyday Joe doesn't want this. They're asking Josh and he's like, ugh, let's just vote him out. It's too much. But, Who but, cares? But, 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 and so it's stupid of them and I agree with you that they should do mm. it and if they did he would pay attention and everyone would then know and it would be a good thing. I'm for impeachment. This is why we lose elections we should win. Because... Yes. The other side is forward thinking, and we are not. Right. We're just not. We're just reading the tea leaves and going, well, I guess we're not even the tea leaves. We're just. We're just Which way is the wind blowing right the second? Correct. Very like, this is why I'm saying they're living in a different world. Very Clinton style. Do a poll. Do a poll. Do a poll. <laughs> like, fuck your polls. Do the right thing and people will react accordingly. Well, you got to You got to back up and see the forest through the trees and look at the bigger picture. Right. Like, ultimately. If you have an opportunity to make your case of why the president is so hopelessly corrupt and to a greater degree why we need to protect the next election that Republicans aren't taking seriously, like you have to do this. Agreed. Or unless you don't think you have a case to make, maybe maybe Pelosi's looking at all the cards and being like, we're going to present our case and I don't think people are going to buy it. So we should just – he's unpopular right now, so we should just keep saying he's bad and – Hold on and then win in 2020. Like, and, if, and maybe that's what you believe, but then I don't know if you read the Mueller report either. Right. Like, or, but here's the biggest problem. And again, this is what we can't get around, no matter how we look at the political calculus of this. Ultimately, by saying, 
gosh, impeachment is just too divisive and it's too politically unpredictable. And right now the president is unpopular and we can win and we have a chance to win the Senate. So the best thing is to do nothing. What you're saying is what McConnell did and what everything Trump did is politics as usual and it's okay. Yep. I asked Josh about that too. I made that exact argument. Like, what does that say about the presidency going forward forever? If this man in this time with all of this evidence does not get impeached, then that means you can do literally anything as president and nothing bad will happen to you. You can sell the fucking thing on the open market to a foreign country and nobody will do anything to stop you. Because it's just impeachment's politics. just not a thing we do anymore. And that's what the presidency will become. It's already become that. And if we don't make a stop to it, then that's it. It's over. And he was like, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like, OK, but I mean, I think that's important. And again, think of the Watergate hearings. When before the Watergate hearings, the temperature of the country to impeach Nixon was about 19%. Right. It's about 41% now for Trump. It's (coughs) double what it was for Nixon right now. Yeah. Okay. And then people started tuning in and learning. And if Josh is like, "Eh, I don't know. And then every day he hears about all the shit Trump has done. After two weeks, he's going to be foaming at the mouth. He's going to be, we need to get this fucking guy out of here. Maybe. Now, we're not everybody's going to do that, but guess what? That 41% probably turned into a good 55%. Yeah. And now the Republican in Trump position is untenable. And then it'll get maybe up to 60%. Let's say in our, our wildest dreams, 60% of the country's like, yeah, Trump should be impeached and removed from office. Yeah. Like... Then what? Then then where's the Republican advantage? And then like, oh, well, the Senate won't actually vote to remove him from office and that'll be a strength. Like, how is that a strength? We've now presented our case. We have a majority of the country saying he is not fit to even hold the White House anymore and he should be kicked out. And 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 if Republicans don't remove him, now it's on them. Help them. It helps us. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand. People smarter than me, I keep asking for explanations and I just keep getting this weird runaround of we're getting there, we're getting there. It's like, no, that's not the answer. I'm asking if we don't get there, what does this all mean and what was the point? Yeah. Agreed. And, you know, I'm almost willing. I understand that elections are the ball game. We preach that every day. But. You know, and we happen to think that the, the politics actually go along with what the right thing to do here is. Yeah. But, I mean, ultimately, again, like, <laughs> we go into this in 2020 and we, we've, ne- we've you know, we've, we've had our investigations and we've issued subpoenas and they've all been ignored or they're fighting in the courts until the election comes around. And we have not started an impeachment inquiry. And again, remember, an impeachment inquiry doesn't mean that they immediately call a vote to see if Trump gets kicked out of office. No, it's a grand jury. Yeah. It's you present all of the evidence and you ask Congress, the House specifically, you ask the House, is there enough evidence to charge this person? Yeah. It's and just it, like a grand jury. It's and, not it's not charging you with anything. It's just saying, here's all the evidence. Is it enough to try to 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 charge him with this thing that would remove him from office? That's it. It's just it's just laying the facts down. And That's here's what's important. The <laughs> Right now, what Republicans, what Trump is doing is is he's using a lot of tap dancing, his legal team's tap dancing, to keep people from testifying, to keep parts of the Mueller report from becoming public, specifically the grand jury stuff. In an impeachment inquiry, that all goes out the window. Yeah. The, the law is very clear. Now, you could have some judges to say, ah, fuck it, or, you know, some, or they could even defy 
you know, judges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They yeah. could they could try that. But as far as the stuff that's tied up in court now, it becomes very, very clear that, oh, no, you do need to testify. You do need to honor the subpoena. You do need to hand over the stuff. It is right there in black and white in the Constitution. So then you're forcing Republicans to say, well, fuck the Constitution then. Right. That is what impeachment does. And that's why we need to do it. Right. And if they want to throw a bunch of people from Trump's campaign in jail with Chelsea Manning because they're refusing to testify, then they can do that. And that's not unprecedented. Uh, Some of Bill Clinton's people did it. So, you know. know, Some of Nixon's people did it. Um, Yeah. If you want to do that, I I think the Trump people are much less suited to do that. I agree. (laughs) And would be much more prone to flip uh, and and give up the game. But anyway, my, my point is this. Guys... We go into 2020 and we have not done this and we've basically said, well, Trump and the current Republicans in Congress are just regular Republicans and we're just going to beat them in the Mm -hmm. marketplace of ideas. You have normalized everything they've done and I can't express how dangerous that is. Yes. And not just for Republicans. No, for the very nature of the Republicans. Yeah, down the line we are going to get some certainly unethical people with a D next to their name. Mm-hmm. And and who knows what they'll do? <laughs> like, <laughs> once you push a norm and then it becomes normalized, there's no going back. There's no going back from that, right? Mm-hmm. Once once you've said this is okay, it's really hard to be like, we decided it's not okay still. Again. Yeah, unless like, somebody unless somebody dies via cyanide capsule in a bunker or gets hung up with piano wire, right? <laughs> you know, then then that might not be a norm that lasts, right? But in terms of like. Uh, American politics, if we just vote a guy out because, you know, maybe the economy wasn't so great and we didn't really like him, but all the shit he did in terms of like, we didn't like it politically, but it was legal, but it's legal. It's It's fine. Mm -hmm. A president can do it. A president can put everything up for sale. A president can profit off his own hotel brand. Profit off the office of the presidency. Yeah. Like, That's that's fine. A president and a presidential campaign can conspire with a foreign power. Conspire with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Sell the country. Like, Why not? By not... Rig our elections, tamper with them. I mean, yeah, if we don't do anything, then all of this is the new norm. And then we don't trust our elections anymore. And then they're already kind of a sham, and now they're completely meaningless. And if there was one thing I could ask Nancy Pelosi, that's what it would be. Like, well, what about that? And if she were to tell me... Yeah, I know all that, but, you know, nothing matters if we can't win in 2020, and I think this is the best way to win. I, I could be like, okay, well, I vehemently disagree with you, and I think that's awfully wrong-headed, but I, at least I, I get it. And, I, you know, I can't read her mind. I don't know what she's thinking, but it is so hard for me to try to rationalize doing nothing just because we think it's politically expedient right. in the moment. Same. Same. <sighs> it's very frustrating. It's scary. And I'll go back again to what I said the last time we talked about this, which is it also is really, really so demoralizing for the the new people that have come into our party with so much energy because they're so angry Mm -hmm. for them to understand that all of the work that they did and all of the the time and energy and money and, and passion that they put into 2018 to get somebody in there who would do something about this president meant nothing. We lose them forever. We lose a generation of young people who do never care again. They don't vote. They don't knock on doors. They don't give a fuck. Because Democrats didn't do shit. Right. And what did we say? Right? What did all our great 
2018 midterm candidates say, well, we're going to be a check on the president. Uh-huh. Well, what does that mean? Right. Okay, well, you know what? We've started these committees and we've issued these subpoenas. Right, and they're ignoring them and not doing anything. And now what? Uh, shrug, wait for 2020? Uh-huh. That's not acceptable. Well, and wait for 2020. None of those people are going to be engaged in 2020 if we do that. We just lost all of that new energy, all of those new voters, all of that money, all of it. We just lost it because we didn't do anything. And they're not, you think they're going to give a fuck in 2020? They're going to be like, why? Elect a bunch of Democrats to do what? Not be Trump, I guess, but who cares? They're feckless. They're useless. They don't do anything. That is a political danger. It It, is. It absolutely is. So, you know, again, we've been Pelosi fans. She's done a lot of good uh, since the midterms, but her, her being timid on this is the wrong thing to do. I agree. I agree. You know, it just is for for a myriad reasons. Mm-hmm. And she obviously disagrees and she's in control. And at the end of the day, maybe she's right. But even if she's right, she's wrong. That's my problem. Yeah. It, like, again, let's say. Politics is also about optics. And it doesn't play for that new base that we have. Well, I'm, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the bigger themes we're talking about here. Let's say she's right. It, just politically. In 2020, uh, we, we never get around to impeachment. Um, we just, you know, they stonewall the subpoena. Some more information comes to light, but whatever. It's just maybe the economy starts to turn a little bit. It looks like it's, it's actually happening. And we win the presidency and we get the Senate back. Right. Slimly. We have still, we, we have still now codified into norms everything Trump and McConnell have done as being normal and okay. And that is highly, it's not, it's beyond problematic. It's, it's catastrophic. Yeah. That's, that's my opinion. I agree. And obviously in that situation, we'll be much better off if Democrats win, but we've got a huge problem on our hands. Well, and if we're not going to do anything to make sure that the 2020 election is secure in a way that 2016 wasn't, then we may not win. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, and I'm, I'm not even getting to that. You're absolutely right. But I'm just saying, let's let's us just assume for the moment that Nancy Pelosi is absolutely right in her political calculations to not go to impeachment. Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying. Even in the best case scenario, we lose. Yeah, the country does. Yeah, as a whole. So I mean, that's our opinion. I know people are going to disagree with us. Uh, some are going to agree with us. Some are going to want to oust Pelosi. I, I, you know, I like. I don't know, and it's not like panic hour yet. There, there's a little more time to sort this out or see if public opinion goes to the right, uh, you know, gets to the right place. But um, we're running out of time here. Yeah. The first debates start in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, time, the clock's ticking fast. Yeah, if we go into full swing 2020 campaign season and then we start the uh, impeachment, it's a disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we do can. it now or we don't do it. Yeah, we do it within the next few months, yeah. I would say. End of summer, we don't do it. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good marker. Yeah. If this hasn't, if we haven't begun this by the end of the summer, then I, I have to assume we, we are not going to. I don't think we should. I think you do it during the full swing of the campaign. And it just looks political. Why'd you wait a year? Yeah. 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 Mueller report's been out for a year now. 
why are we just now doing this, right? Because it's the middle of campaign season and it makes him look bad and it's a distraction. I just think it looks, it, it takes all the teeth out of the fact that he was actually corrupt and actually did all of these things and it makes it look like a political ploy so we can win an election and people don't like that. People get pissed off when you try to fuck with the election that way. Yeah, they they turn against you, and I think even if it is in good faith, this is a, it's a really, 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 really bad idea to wait. And if we're not going to do it now, we just shouldn't do it. Okay, so that's going to be it for for us. Another uplifting episode. Yep. Of Reverend Testimony, just <laughs> telling you how it is, and telling you what's going on, and seeing what the hell, if anything, we can do about it. Um, but maybe, you know, those conversations are good just to take people's temperature. If you have like an independent ish relative, get in their heads, figure out where they are. Don't try to put anything in their head. Just ask questions like what, how do you feel about this? And what do you think? And why? And what about this argument? Does that compel you in any way or not? And why? And then if you want to email us, fucking do, but just try to have these conversations with people who aren't that engaged. I'd love to know what they think and what, you know, if there's a lot of Josh's running around or if it's a lot of marges, I don't know, but I'd love to know. And I think we, we'd all do ourselves a favor by finding out. All right. At Irreverent Duo on Twitter, Irreverent Testimony at gmail.com. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>